This is a Vault Studios production. Loads of driveway dirt, gravel and debris driven away from the site of the search and dumped here at Dean Watts Park, just across the street from the subdivision where federal agents have removed large portions of a driveway and dug underneath. The spot secured with crime scene tape and heavy machinery nearby. More and more material leaving the scene and the FBI saying there is still work to be done. I'm ready to bring my daughter home. I'm, I'm ready for that. I just hope emotionally I can handle that. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson, executive producer for Bardstown Season 1 and also Beyond Bardstown Lacombe Season 2 of our podcast. If you listen to Season 1, you are familiar with the Crystal Rogers case. There have been some developments regarding uh, search for evidence in that case. This all started over a week ago. Uh, if you've been following the news, then you will know that the FBI has been involved and our host and reporter at WHAS in Louisville, Kentucky, Shay McAllister, has been following developments very closely. Uh, Shay, it's good to have you on, and let's just start. Uh, tell us what happened uh, in Bardstown, Kentucky, uh, over a week ago, uh, the FBI back in town and uh, some search efforts underway. Hey, Will. So it started last week. I woke up to a text message from someone who lives in the Bardstown area showing pictures of a dog and um, an FBI evidence truck parked in front of a home in this subdivision right near the heart of Bardstown. So I reached out to our contacts with the FBI and they confirmed, yes, they were back searching in Bardstown. They had narrowed in on one particular subdivision and they told us they were going to be searching multiple different properties. So of course, I called down to the newsroom, made sure we were getting a photographer down there, and then I packed my bags and have spent um, much of the last week in Bardstown where that search was underway. Shay, I want to remind our listeners, and if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know we've had previous updates where the FBI has been in Bardstown. There have been similar search efforts. I don't know if they are at the same level as what they are right now, but this is not the first time, right? Right. So our first big update was last summer when the FBI announced they were taking the lead on this case. And at that time, they charged into Bardstown with more than 150 special agents that had come in from all over the country. They were executing dozens of search warrants. They told us they had more than 100 people to interview, and it appeared to be this massive effort. And we watched it unfold for a couple of weeks. We saw them searching um, different properties connected to different people who we have followed in the case, such as Brooks Hauk, the man listed as the main suspect in Crystal Rogers' disappearance, and then some other properties attached to his family members. They searched Crystal Rogers' former storage unit, which was still in her mother's possession, and nobody had searched since she disappeared. So we watched the FBI do all of this, but then things got really quiet for the last 12 months. And it wasn't until last week that they really put their search efforts into the public eye once again. And it all started with a search um, in this particular neighborhood. They said it was multiple properties at first, and then day by day, the search narrowed. And we watched them really get focused on one particular property and one spot on that property. And Shay, if for anyone locally in Louisville or Kentucky who's been watching some of your coverage, I mean, there have been like trucks rolling down the street and all sorts of activity, as you mentioned, at this one location and this one driveway and lots of concrete being pulled up, right? 
Right. So that's how we started to piece together exactly where they might be looking. So we sent our drone to fly over the search site on day number one, which they allowed us to do. We saw that they were looking in the front yard and the backyard. By day two of this search, they had narrowed just to the front yard. By day three, they were pulling up massive pieces of concrete from the driveway. We were able to piece that together when we saw massive pieces of concrete rolling out of the neighborhood on the back of these big dump trucks and then being dumped over across the street in this public park. And it was at first it was driveway, then gravel, then dirt. And they took us back to see where they were working. And it was the driveway. They were focused in on the driveway. Since then... The search has expanded back out a bit, still focused on the same property, but not just the driveway. Um, Much of the front yard has been dug up. And Will, I don't think I said this, but this is important to note. Day one of this search started with a cadaver dog. A cadaver dog was taken across this property, and um, that kind of instigated where the FBI put their efforts. And Shay, I mean, a significant point to make is that this property does have some connection to the only named suspect in the Crystal Rogers case, right? Right. So on day one of the search, as soon as we found out where they were going and the street names, our team back here at WHAS 11 got to work trying to figure out where, what was this property, what was this neighborhood, and where are the ties to the Crystal Rogers case. And pretty quickly, we were able to find out that Hauk Rentals owns three properties in this neighborhood, and the listed agent, according to public record, for Hauk Rentals is Brooks Hauk. Though I do want to point out that the property where they are currently searching is not owned by Brooks Hauk. Um, It was formerly owned by Brooks Hauk. So Hauk does own properties in this neighborhood, but not the particular one of focus. He owned it previously. Um, in addition to that, we've learned over the last week that Hauk was building houses in this neighborhood when Crystal went missing. The house that they are focused on right now was under construction, um, but finished right around the time when she went missing. So, Shay, all of this has obviously led to tons of attention locally and in Kentucky and around the country. And certainly people who have listened to our podcast are very interested to know what the FBI is saying about anything, if if anything, that they've found. Any word on that? Yes. So, updates from the FBI have been few and far between. But when they do come out, they are impactful. So late last week, we learned that the FBI had discovered one item of interest. In the same statement where they were telling us about this item of interest, they also appeared to be talking to one or more very particular people saying, we know that there are people in this community who have information about Crystal Rogers' disappearance, and now is the time to come forward. The next day, they released another statement saying they'd be offering a $25,000 reward, again with that same subtle little message. If you have information, now is the time to come forward. We know you want to speak out and do the right thing. And then silence from the federal agency for several days until the day that they paused the search for weather. And on that day, they told us they had discovered multiple items of interest and they had sent them to the FBI evidence lab in Quantico, Virginia for further analysis. 
We have no idea what these items of interest are. I can't even begin to speculate because they truly could be anything. But the FBI said they do believe they are possibly related to the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. And I think that's giving the family and the community a lot of hope. Shay, you mentioned that we were at a similar point a year ago with a a search underway and a lot going on. And here we are again. And Sherry Ballard, uh, Crystal Rogers' mother, you know, know, we hear her voice and we hear the frustration and we hear the hope. uh, But you've recently spoken to her again as all this has been happening. Yes, and it has certainly been an emotional roller coaster for Sherry Ballard and for the entire Ballard family and even the friends of Sherry Ballard. I think that on day one of the search, there was a lot of hope, um, a, a lot of anxiety about what this could mean. But of course, answers are good in this case. And then as it continued, there was some fear. Well, what if this isn't it? What if what if this is not when we get our answers? And some fear of what if it is, you know, are we emotionally ready to handle what that means? Somewhere along the way, I think that there there was there was definitely some worry that they weren't finding anything. But I do believe this latest message of multiple items of interest that are now undergoing analysis has left people with a feeling of hope. And Will, I have to tell you, um, last summer when I asked Sherry, what what's your gut feeling about all of this? Her gut feeling at that time was that, you know, this was good and the FBI was on to something, but she didn't feel like they were there yet. This year, one year later, in response to this search, she's telling me, Shay, my gut is saying this is it, that there are answers here. Um, Sherry really believes that she is closer than she ever has been before to finding her daughter. The fact that they're back searching in that area tells me maybe... We had a clue, but we just couldn't find what we were looking for. This has been different, and I feel very, very hopeful. Just different little things that have happened. It's like it's all just lining up, and and I think this is going to be my answers. The way they act and the way they talk, I just feel like this is going to be something very important. Shay, I know you've also spoken with Sheriff Pinaroa. The FBI is leading this effort, as we've mentioned, but you've heard from him as well. Yeah, so the sheriff um, has been very open with us about his role in all of this, which is to provide security at the site of the search. His deputies put up a roadblock on day number one of this search, only letting specific people through the roadblock um, who either had official business with the search or who lived in that neighborhood. And they were there all day long. Um, A couple of days into the search, Kentucky State Police started taking over the roadblock at night. But um, it's been a heavy lift, and the sheriff was open with that. He said, you know, with all of the other things we've got going on in this town, you know, this is taking a lot of time. But he said that officers were voluntarily working this. He said guys were coming in on their days off. They were working after their shifts to be a part of this because they know how important this is to their community. And it just felt like the right thing to do. We will have guys here and they'll be here until uh, the FBI tells us they're done. We're here for the long haul. At the end of the day, like I said, uh, it doesn't matter who solves it as long as it gets solved. It's not about the Nelson County Sheriff's Office. It's not about the FBI. It's about closer to the family and uh, putting the people uh, behind uh, bars 
uh, at the end of the day. Shay, there are still four other cases that you know we haven't mentioned. Crystal's father. Uh, there are the Netherlands and also Officer Jason Ellis that are still unsolved, right? Those cases remain, and we're not talking about them because this is not focused on on those cases at the moment. That's right, but it's important to note, um, uh, as recently as this week, I asked the FBI if they are collecting evidence on the other unsolved cases in Bardstown, and they told me they were. They told me that while this particular search is about Crystal Rogers' disappearance, um, they are collecting evidence and investigating the other unsolved cases in Bardstown as well. All right, Shay, I know the weather has hampered the search efforts a bit, but they are ongoing. And of course, I know you're right there on top of things. If we hear anything more, I'm sure we'll hear from you. Absolutely. I'm on it. Thanks for um, checking in, Will. Thanks to Shay McAllister, once again, our host of season one of Bardstown and a reporter at WHS 11 in Louisville, Kentucky.